Hi, I'm Jason Nias, along with Natalie Wires from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started and lessons they've learned that have gotten them where they are today and what they believe is the future of online shopping. So hi, this is Jason Nias with Digital River, and I'm thrilled to be doing the podcast today with Jari Carter from WordPress VIP. Hi, happy to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you for hosting us. We're actually broadcasting live from Salt Lake City in Jari's home, and you actually have a beautiful view here of the mountains, some really beautiful uh, land, and behind that is the Great Salt Lake. So thrilled to be here. I know. I'm so grateful that you guys uh, would, would come and record here and, and happy that we're all enjoying the view together. Wonderful. Well, can you start off by introducing us to WordPress VIP Automatic? Yeah. So um, WordPress VIP is really <clears throat> the enterprise WordPress offering. So we service uh, WordPress's largest global customers um, with an enterprise platform. We're part of Automatic, which is um, a company that has 1,100 plus employees throughout the world and uh, runs and manages WordPress.com, WooCommerce, Tumblr, and several other businesses, including WordPress VIP, which I am the chief revenue officer of. Now, last I checked, WordPress was some 30 to 40% of the internet. Is that about the right number? Yeah, I think it. you're right. At last count, it's it's sort of it's just embarrassingly exciting how much market share uh, WordPress has. It's uh, last... Um, count, I think it was about 36% uh, market share in terms of uh, global market share for um, content management systems. The other interesting statistic is that in the enterprise, uh, WordPress enjoys about 26% uh, market share. If you look at the global or the, the largest you know, 10,000 websites in the world, WordPress enjoys about 26% market share there. And uh, we have uh, market traction in about 30% of the Fortune 100 companies. So if, if you look at the enterprise, you know, WordPress is, is not one whit sort of behind, uh, uh, you know, the general or global uh, CMS market. Yep. And you guys recently took on some funding. Is that true? That is correct. Yeah. We recently um, raised about $300 million uh, from, from Salesforce uh, Ventures, uh, which has been, it's been a really exciting, uh, it's been a really exciting time for us. Outstanding. Well, they certainly know how to invest in winners. So there's clearly <laughs> something going good at your business. Oh, thank you. So thank you're you. the chief revenue officer there. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story. Can you give us the journey from uh, you know, door-to-door sales into the chief revenue officer at uh, WordPress VIP. Can you yeah. unpack that for us? <laughs> I'm happy to. We were laughing uh, before we, we started that my first job uh, was selling life insurance and financial services door-to-door. I did that as an internship when I was uh, in college, and then I did it for a little bit after I graduated, um, which I when I went into my first so I, I quickly moved from there to my first technology sales role. And I remember just telling them, look, if you can do this, what I've been doing for the past year and a half, you can do anything. And, uh, you know, I always, uh, I feel really grateful for that experience uh, to to actually do something really hard. I think everybody should have to do something very, very challenging as their first job. But I, um, I actually came up through 
um, technology sales. Uh, I worked in, you know, sort of it, it came in starting into inside sales and then went out into field sales and then went into uh, channel management and channel leadership, uh, partnerships, uh, corporate development, uh, business development, and then really um, had an exciting opportunity to run worldwide sales at Magento. Um, so that was a, a, you know, a really sort of transitional uh, moment for my career is when I, I got brought on to Magento to run worldwide sales channel, uh, all the commercialization efforts that that um, uh, that we put together, and then fr- from there went and actually founded my own software company uh, called uh, Oro, um, and spent seven years really building uh, a software company. We raised fourteen million dollars of funding. There was a lot of exciting growth um, as we went through that process, and then. Uh, got approached by the the folks at Automatic and uh, Nick Gurnert, who is the CEO of, of WordPress VIP and, and Matt, um, and uh, just got really excited about the opportunity that WordPress has in the enterprise uh, market and um, just felt like there was so much headroom for WordPress in the enterprise and, and really got excited about the opportunity and uh, decided to join. So I've I've um, I've had the fortune of working with some really exciting uh, companies and and feel like I'm in the most exciting spot as the chief revenue officer. I run um, both uh, our sales uh, go to market partnerships as well as our marketing efforts. So we're really um, uh, you know working hard to uh, to really tell our story because we we really believe that we should be you know, leading the story. We should be the ones telling the market story around what's happening with digital uh, content management, digital experience, these sorts of things. Um, we just, we just enjoy a really, you know, because of our market share, because of uh, our position, you know, we, we should be telling that story with, with more force. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I frankly, if I'm being honest, didn't really understand automatic and all the pieces and how they put fit together. And it's become more clear to me over time. But what's amazing is the roster of customers that WordPress VIP serves. Can you give us some examples of, of customers who you guys work with? Yes. Um, so we work with, I was just looking at this um, before uh, you, you and I talked, I was looking at our, our customer list and looking at some of our use cases and case studies. Um, so we work with companies like Capgemini, companies like NBC, uh, companies like Merck, uh, companies like um, uh uh, uh, Grupo Abril, I mean, and, and just, you know, hundreds of companies that all are household names, um, where we're really sort of leading, uh, the Salesforce is a customer. We're doing a, a webinar with them, uh, upcoming. It'll, it'll have run by the time, uh, <laughs> this airs, but, um, we just have so many companies that are, that are using, um, WordPress as the core of their digital transformation. Talk a little more about that Salesforce relationship. Obviously, they put in three hundred million dollars in you. They believe what you're doing. They're a customer. What do you guys? What do you guys? How are they a customer? What do you guys do for them? Well, we've so we've started by um, you know actually we've started with them. How we start with a lot of customers. We um, have been um, just kind of project focused um, and building and expanding uh, throughout their entire organization. So um, you know we, we continually are are looking at different web properties. Uh, that they want to move over to WordPress, and and um, uh, you know they they want to solve challenges um, that every other customer that we are working with wants to solve, which is 
how do we unlock the ability to publish exceptional content to more people within our organization? Salesforce as a company has just a deep amount of talent and thought leadership and capability. And one of the things that, that we're really working to help them do is, is actually, you know, work through how they allow publishing uh, rights and capabilities to more people within their organization because they have so much good thought leadership, good information, market statistics data to share. It's just unlocking that potential to allow them to do it. Similar to what we're doing with Capgemini, you know, Capgemini, when they came to us, there was only a handful of folks within the um, with the company within the company that were really able to publish uh, content with within the the business. Now they're opened up to thousands of content publishers throughout their organization. It just allows them to be so much more uh, prolific in terms of you know content publication. Makes sense. Talk a little bit more about uh, WordPress VIP and some of the services you guys provide. Uh, yeah, so we have an enterprise platform, um, which is uh, really, uh, we have an enterprise content management platform similar to other enterprise content management platforms. That that includes the capability in allowing companies to publish uh, their content with all the roles and permissions and rights and rules that, that you know, an enterprise content management uh, system needs. Um, we also provide that on a platform. So we have a global cloud platform um, that allows companies to to publish uh, content at scale, speed, and with security as well. So uh, we really view ourselves as the enterprise WordPress offering, um, and we are a cloud platform that um, gives company companies that you know wrapper of of security and scalability uh, around an already you know amazing product. And how do? What about the services that go around? The web content yeah, it's system. it's interesting. You know, there's a so there's a few things. There's um, you know access to an ecosystem, which is very important to us. So we have partners like like you all. Uh, we have technology partners that are doing really interesting things that we're really giving our customers access to. We provide um, agency uh, type uh, referrals and work. So we have a really robust agency partner program. Uh, these are companies that are that are helping. Our customers go through their digital transformation, really providing design, build, maintenance. And then our own services is something that's really interesting because we provide a soup to nuts sort of support experience where customers can get a very robust full application support experience where we are actually supporting their custom applications. So we're fully supporting uh, custom applications um, offering assistance, giving the ability to, to phone a friend, get help, uh, full consulting from, from our team, which is really important because content and content publication is so mission critical to organizations. It's really important that when you know they need some assistance with something or they want help with an integration or they need best practices assistance or a code review of some kind, um, that they have somebody that really is the, the expert uh, that they can call and get get assistance from. So we are providing core platform support, um, and then as well um, application support and custom consulting uh, through that sort of whole customer journey and lifecycle. Which makes it an enterprise offering. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Is there ever any uh, delicate balance you have to strike between, you know, the ecosystem that 
exists in and around WordPress and some of the services you might provide? There's any crossover that you guys kind of have to manage through or how should we think about that? Such a good question. You know, it's interesting because if you talk to folks at Gartner, look at, read some of the reports, you're hearing a lot about things like digital experience platforms. And we're seeing some of our competitors in the digital experience platform space they really want to be all things to all people. Mm-hmm. And what we, our viewpoint is just different. We believe that if you think about a digital experience platform, it is a strategy, it's not software. So digital experience really is first and foremost starts with strategy. And if you think about, if you back up to strategy, what you want to do is really provide the best customer experience that you possibly can. Um, and then you want to choose the best technologies for the customer experience that you want to provide. So we think about this digital experience much more as a constellation or an ecosystem of technologies versus us being the sole provider uh, of the technology. So we believe and see in the market that content really sits at the core of the digital experience. And we're very comfortable owning content at the core of the digital experience and allowing other best of breed technologies to come in and do what they do best, whether it's personalization capabilities, whether it's marketing automation, CRM capabilities, anything else that needs to be built around um, this content core to create a great customer experience. We're very comfortable in a world where integration happens. And because WordPress enjoys such such big market share, integrations abound, plugins abound. Uh, there's, There's such a robust ecosystem. Developers abound. There's so many developers that know WordPress. So we already have this really robust ecosystem. We're very comfortable with our position in the digital experience, and we're very comfortable integrating with um, third-party technologies and allowing uh, agencies and developers to build best-in-breed technologies uh, around WordPress. WordPress also has a ton of flexibility in terms of like product capability. So what doesn't exist in an ecosystem, companies can build on their own, which we see a lot of custom development. That goes back to like what's great about our service is we actually provide full support for those custom products and solutions that our customers are building. That's fantastic. So you have 1,200 employees. You guys are growing, doing extraordinarily well. Where are they all located? Are they all over the world? Can you talk a little bit about your distribution? So this is this is fascinating. I'm, I'm happy that you brought this up. So um, Automatic is a fully distributed organization. Uh, we have no offices. Uh, we have over 1,200 employees globally. Um, and we... There are so many advantages to this. First of all, it's one of the reasons that I am really passionate about working here. Um, I I love distributed work. Um, I think it is the way that future companies um, will continue and and will set up their organizations. We're seeing so many companies out there really modeling um, what Automatic is doing. And um, it allows us, when we go out and hire folks, to really just hire the best people and not worry about, you know, where do they live and what, you know, what city are they in and how close are they to our office? We just get to go out and hire, you know, the best people no matter where they are. And that is, that to me is a huge competitive advantage. It's also really fun and exciting. So we, we have the opportunity to get together at meetups. Um, We do three to four, you know, across all of our teams, I'm 
participating in three to four meetups in a year where we're just spending uh, about a week together as a team. And uh, it, it's just, it fits the type of work that I get really passionate about. And it's really fun to see this distributed group uh, really work towards uh, a common goal. Now, there's a lot in that we've done to um, to really make this successful. We have like a real culture of communication. So we communicate uh, intensely with each other uh, through a, a an internal blog tool that we use built on WordPress um, that that actually just shares um, shares and communicates the work that we're doing, why it matters, why we think it's important, and allows us really all to collaborate. So we use a lot of collaboration tools uh, to make it successful. Uh, you know, while you were talking, you actually I wrote down two things: meetups, which you obviously clearly do, and you and you uh, drive this culture. And the second was communication. I mean. How much do you rely on email versus your own proprietary tool versus a Slack channel? Like, what are these communication tools? One of the things that a lot of people we've talked to struggle with is having employees that are international or employees that are in remote offices. And you guys, this is the only way you work. So share with us a little bit more about how you make it work having a 100% distributed workplace. So we... We have a, a saying that communication is oxygen, and we have an internal tool that is, um, by and large, where most of our collaboration happens. It's called P2. It's a, essentially an internal blog where we're all sharing uh, things that happen. Um, Will you license that out? To other I, you, it's actually <laughs> fully available. Anybody oh, can go out and and use it. It's it's uh, uh, yeah, it's it's fully available to to go out and use. Um, so any any company can use it. Um, we use Slack a ton. Um, so there's a lot of collaboration that happens in Slack. Um, but if if things aren't happening in either our our P2 system, which is our communication tool, or if they're not happening in Slack with large groups or with the the team that's relevant, it just sort of doesn't happen. Uh, it's like it doesn't happen. You know, we really need to be communicating what our agenda and, and our focus is. It also, one real important tool is the ability to work asynchronously and to really um, be able to write. And one thing that we look for when we hire someone is is somebody who's a really strong writer. And we, you know, one of the, the thought processes around this is how somebody writes is the way that they think. Um, it really can articulate, you know, somebody who can articulate themselves very well in written word is a a, a cohesive, uh, logical thinker. And so it really sort of shows us, um, we interview for this, like someone, as we go through the interview process, we interview someone in um, asynchronous written format. Um, a lot of times we'll put, as we go through the trial process with someone, someone's trialing to, to be part of our team, we'll actually have them create uh, content and uh, share their notes and thinking and vision about what they want to accomplish, how they would accomplish it in written format as part of that interview process. So we really, um, you know, you, we really test for this in the, in the hiring process as well. This is a complete tangent, but you know, you hear <laughs> stories about Amazon has the eight page business proposal, anything they do, you, you write it in eight pages, everybody reads it, you walk in, you can only art you can only ask questions about those eight pages. Do you guys have a similar process around how you, you know, I, I, I picture kind of corporate America where someone brings in a PowerPoint into a room of 30 people, you review it together and you make decisions, you ask questions. You guys don't have the 30 people in a room 
How do you guys make decisions? Uh, like business decisions. Yeah. How do you business proposals, new ideas, innovation, product roadmap, any of these decisions? We in a distributed workforce. So there, we do do a lot over Zoom, uh, like uh, you know, co collaboration. So we there are a lot of meetings where we're you know talking and and discussing. Sometimes the most high fidelity way to work through a problem or a solution is to actually be on the phone, um, and sometimes just being able to have a conversation. There's no substitute for that. Sure. Um, but decisions happen in a lot of different ways. They happen in conversations. They happen in our internal system where we're, you know, sharing that out. The, the interesting thing about automatic is that decisions happen transparently and openly and communication is completely open. So this goes to everything from, um, Everything from, you know, the decision that we're going to partner with Digital River, which is there's a in, big thread internally about why we're partnering with your team and what value you bring to our program. Uh, and I want to uh, see it. <laughs> we'll talk about it over dinner. There we go. <laughs> and then um, everything from that to um, our, our board deck uh, is actually, you know, uh, put out in the open before we have board meetings and and is worked on uh, completely in the open, which I, I love. It, it's, you know, it really fosters trust um, and it fosters openness uh, from, from just a company culture standpoint. That is so cool. Well, in the interest of openness, I see in my show notes that you're a 90s rap enthusiast. <laughs> so can you share for us a few of the favorites? Uh, oh, top, I mean... Maybe a top five list? <laughs> I, I would say, I don't know that I'm a, I, I mean, who doesn't like 90s rap and hip hop? I think like, you know, uh, I, I think I just grew up in the 90s. So that's like my time of like being in high school and, you know, listening to Jay-Z and oh, yeah. uh, Tupac and, oh, you know. you're a little harder than me. DMX. I was, and, I was more in the MC Hammer, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> that's, where I, that's where I thought but you were Vanilla going. Ice, I mean, I could still sing every word to Ice Ice Baby. Uh so yeah, I mean, and and you know, L O Cool J. I mean, there were just there's so many good, uh, good, rap artists during that time. But uh, you know, I like I, I love that genre. So uh, you know, that's my that's my thing. I definitely <laughs> threw you a curveball there. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for going with it. No, no, no. It's uh, it's funny. <laughs> so a couple of questions here. We ask uh, most of the folks we sit down with. A lot of times. Uh, people get influenced from a lot of different places. Sometimes it's industries, sometimes it's other technology companies. Where do, who influences you as a chief revenue officer at WordPress VIP? Where do you learn about what's happening in the world in terms of e-commerce? Yeah, I think it comes from a, a lot of different places. I, um, I really respect views that are either forward-thinking or a bit countercultural. Um, and I think those two don't always exist in the same spot. So, you know, we have a lot of respect for, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for the things that like Gartner is saying about, you know, the direction that digital experience, uh, customer experience is headed. Um, I think they, they, you know, we, we talk to them really regularly about the future of sort of digital transformation, digital experience. They really anchor in customer experience, which I really, really appreciate. Customer journey, customer experience, like real practical um, ways that that digital trends are really shaping the future of business. Um, 
I work really closely with Nick Gurner, who's our CEO. Um, he, uh, I just think he has a really uh, interesting background in um, actually how digital transformation is coming together and where WordPress sits in that, which is what I think about all day long. So I really just have like a deep amount of trust for, um, you know, what he's building with our business and just, you know, I bounce a lot of ideas off him. Uh, and we talk uh, really regularly about sort of what the future of, um, digital transformation, digital experience is going to be and what our role is going to be in it. Um, you know, one of the reasons I came here was because of, you know, just the confidence, um, that I have in Matt Mullenweg, who's the founder of the WordPress project and founder of Automatic. Uh, I think, you know, everything from his, um, everything from the idea of, of the way distributed work can and uh, can be successful and how he's really set up the successful model within Automatic to, you know, his vision on acquisition and and you know how Automatic's been built and and the companies that you know the the company that it is today. I really trust uh, his perspective, and um, so it's it's why I'm here. I just believe in in what we're doing. So, um, but there have been you know countless people that sh have shaped my view along the way. But I mean, I guess I'm answering the question that. You know, who's shaping my view right now? The, yep. Those are the those are the major influences that I would have. I you know I also love listening to our customers. I think you know I try to have, you know I try to have one to two customer calls a week or meetings um, at least. Are where prospects, customers, no calls? existing customers. Existing customers. Yeah, yeah, existing customers where we're just talking about you know what they're trying to accomplish and you know I I talk with a lot of like. VP of uh, like a v vice presidents of digital or CMOs um, or, you know, heads of digital transformation where they're really talking about where they're taking the future of their business. And those conversations are invaluable as well. Like really talking about what customers are trying to do for their customers is, is fascinating. And that's really where you sort of tease out the buzzwords from like actually what's happening in, in businesses and the real challenges that they're facing, which a lot of times are much grittier problems than like how the analysts put a veneer on, on what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> Uh, well, so you also, I happen to know you're also a podcast listener. Share for us which ones you listen to and why. I, you know, I think there's a lot. I'm actually, I actually read more books than podcasts, oh. interestingly, um, which uh, I, I, I just like, I like a book. I like a written book. Um, we'll have to get you a manuscript. Of yeah. This. <laughs> yeah, I want a manuscript. I just read it <laughs> yeah. as I go to bed tonight. Um, but I, I um, there's a few that I listen to. Probably, interestingly, this is completely personal, but my sister has a podcast. Uh that has thousands of followers. It's Let's promote it. It's What's called, it called? it's called the remedy with Tova Cito. And, uh, it's all about like self-improvement and, uh, how to be better in relationships. And I mean, completely different from this, but I actually think the reason that I, one, I love my sister and, and we're very, very close, but two, uh, I think at the end of the day, you know, no matter what we're doing, whether we're in e-commerce or whether we're in digital transformation or, you know, content management, really, this is a relationship business and uh, business really is about relationships. And so, 
Um, I like to spend time sort of thinking about that, thinking about how to be better in that in that part of my world, I think that is one of the most underdeveloped uh, parts of business. Uh, is, is just like really getting along well with others in the sandbox. How to be a really good person? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I think just how to work well with others, how to uh, be effective, how to be a good person. It's what we teach our kids growing up, and then we forget <laughs> when we go to work. Yeah, <laughs> how to be mindful about your work, how to take a step back from what you're doing, and really put thought into your why as a human. I think there are a lot of things that, you know, yeah, that inform why we get up and do what we do and what we do every day and why it matters to us and why we connect with it passionately. So, you know, I, I think about those kinds of things. Um, probably, um, if I'm thinking about sort of like how I spend personal time, I think about those kinds of things. And then, and then all of that comes into, you know, how you work and, and the way you work and, and um, you know, what you do um, along the way. Unless you're a nice person in the distributed workforce. I, I, don't, I, don't, know, I don't know if I'm nice or not. I don't know well, that, I don't know that people, people on my team would call me nice necessarily. Yeah, at, least, at, least, <laughs> at least they know now you have a goal to be nice. You're at least trying. I am trying. I'm trying to be a good human. Well, <laughs> episode one of season two on this, this podcast, the Commerce Connect podcast, um, the woman who owns uh, Lifecycle Marketing at Calm was on. Oh, she yeah. She was describing... Um, their product, their services, and how they try to basically deliver mindfulness to the masses. And it's a fascinating conversation around how they think about their products, their services, monetization of those. And it's, so it's not that far away from the one you just described. No, I mean, yeah, I, I actually have Calm. I, lo- I love that uh, app. I think there's, there's so much, I do think there's so much about mindfulness and meditation that does actually inform you, you know, your ability to to be a good executive because you have so much coming at you. Uh, you know this. I mean, you just you have so much coming at you that um, you need to be really centered uh, in how you make decisions. And usually, it's the really good news or the really bad news. You don't get the kind of solid center stuff. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, being centered <laughs> is hard in that context. Yeah, especially when you know bad news comes in the door. It's like, okay, look, like, all right, we're gonna, how are we gonna handle this? Yeah. Apparently yeah. we're going to download the remedy and we're going to deal with it together. <laughs> with Tova. With Tova. <laughs> the, uh, you know, you talked a lot about customer experience and it makes sense. It's the world you live in. It's something you're passionate about. Talk about what site or what shopping experience do you think is world-class? What kind of sets the bar for you of a really great experience? It doesn't have to be online shopping. It could be a, a, a small merchant. It could be an airline, it could be anything that you think of as a really great experience. I think anybody who takes the time to, any company that takes the time to create a personalized experience in a digital world, if you think about personalizing the experience as if you're talking to somebody in a store, if you're online or whether you call in, you know, these these connected experiences are the ones that I, I really believe are the most important. And there's lots of interesting companies that do this and have done this along the way. I think some of the and and if the if I can back up into like customer experience a little bit, um, there's a lot of data out there that suggests that the only competitive differentiator is better customer experience. That only like twenty percent of 
people say that they're brand loyal anymore. Like, like brand loyalty is kind of out the window. People are customer experience loyal. And if you think about, you know, Amazon, uh, and the way that they've created experience loyalty, it's really powerful. And there've been a, a handful of companies that have created huge market cap companies on customer experience loyalty. Bonobos is one of those, you know, they, they have, um, they created a really sort of out of nowhere exciting company around customer experience. Warby Parker, the glasses company, uh, is another one that uh, just you know has done really interesting things with with customer experience. Amazon um, is really changing and and has coined this concept of effortless customer experience, which it's not about sort of this high touch. It's really just about making it effortless. But I, I think that you know there's so many companies that are doing it well. What the important thing is is in doing it well, how to do it well is actually personalizing the experience across every channel that you're interacting with a customer and thinking about how the customer journey through their life cycle actually connects and builds and isn't really disjointed. And that's so many companies struggle with this disjointed customer experience. It's really building on creating like this seamless customer journey and thinking about the customer journey that you want to have. Great answer. So if people are interested in kind of learning more about WordPress VIP or have questions for you, how would they want it? How would they get in touch with you? Is it LinkedIn? Is there an email address? What do you recommend? LinkedIn um, is great. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I, I will engage with anyone on Twitter. Jari Carter, J-A-R-Y Carter. Email me at jari.carter at automatic.com. Uh, Two T's on the last uh, mat. Um, so it's, people can get in touch with me any way they want. And I'd love to hear from, from anybody that wants to talk uh, about any of this stuff. I love, I love chatting about customer experience and digital. Wonderful. Well, Jari, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, very fascinating conversation. Thanks for putting up with us and, and letting us have this at your house. No, happy that you came. Thanks so much for coming, Jason. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Commerce Connect podcast brought to you by Digital River and edited at Matriarch Digital Media in Minneapolis, Minnesota. To learn more, head to digitalriver.com.